Hi, everyone. Welcome back to What Up Witches on BFAM 109.6. Thank you. This is our first Tuesday night for the primetime slot. Yay, 8 o'clock. Um, so hope, hopefully everyone was able to find us tonight since we didn't air last week, thanks to Mother Nature. Um, so tonight we are we are going to be talking about Qigong. Um, I know nothing about Qigong. Um, so we have Wen Horsley here tonight, and she actually teaches Qigong. So she is going to tell us all about it. Um, you know, it's where it derived from, what it is, where it came from, how it can benefit us, all of those kind of things. So give us one sec. We'll be right back and we'll get started. Here on What Up Witches, BFAM 1.6. Benzo. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to What Up Witches on BFAM 109.6. I'm Amanda. Our guest tonight is Wynn. Wynn, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of like what all you do? Because you do a lot. You have your hands on a lot of things. Um, and then tell us kind of like how you discovered Qigong. I do have my hands in a lot of things. So... I um, went on a spiritual journey um, as a child. I wasn't actually raised in any kind of spirituality or religion. For whatever reason, my parents chose not to go that way. And so um, in along my journey, discovered paganism and witchcraft, and that became an a integral part of my journey. And this actually, the way that I learned it, um, you work very intimately with energy. Um, the rituals that I participated in were all revolved around raising energy, what to do with energy. And this led me to the healing arts. And so I began to learn about the chakra system. And I actually, in the early 2000s, um, did my yoga teacher training. And back then you had to go more towards Atlanta to do this. It wasn't on every doorstep like it is now. Um, I became a little bit older. I wanted to do a more gentle yoga and I kept trying to come up with something that I felt fit with what I was being directed to do, but it didn't quite sync up or match up. And um, I found out about Qigong from two different people and said, ooh, what's that? So I, like a lot of people, went straight to YouTube <laughs> and looked up some YouTube videos on Qigong and realized that energetically it's the same concept of yoga, but the movements are different. And okay. so I kind of fell in love with it that way and did my level one teacher training last year um, through Rising Lotus in Sugar Hill. And she means vital life force energy. So in yoga, you would call it prana and commonly um, around pagan forums, you would just hear it as energy. But it's, right. um, I'm also a Reiki master. So Reiki was in there along my journey as well. So there you would learn it as universal life energy, um, universal life force. But that I'm familiar with. <laughs> It's all you know, talking about that same concept that we have energy in and around us. And so you're using the visualization 
the mental focus and body movements and breath to integrate yourself into one spiritual being in the moment that you're doing it and you're directing the energy through the body in specific ways. So in Qigong, um, it stems from traditional Chinese medicine. And okay, so, so it is uh, a Chinese art form. Yes. Okay. And um, there, you may have heard it in relation also to Tai Chi, and they are very similar. And Tai Chi okay. is considered a martial art, but Qigong is considered an inner art, so it's an inner internal journey rather than a martial art. Which okay. In the martial arts, um, if something is coming at you, it's all about deflecting that motion, using that your opponent's um, momentum to deflect and direct it in a different direction. So in Qigong, you're directing energy from within. It's not really so much movement um, with an opponent. It's the exercises um, that you would do to, to prepare your own body, your own energy, your own mental focus to then go do a um, martial art. Also okay. in Chinese traditional medicine, everything is preventative. We don't wait until we get sick and then try to fix it. We get up every morning and we do these movements and these breaths and um, direct our energy in a way to keep us healthy and vital from the beginning. Um, then this symbol that I have back with me is the yin yang. And so a lot of people terms of like male and female energy but really it just means soft and strong energy so you could think of something soft like a, a gently flowing creek and then something strong like the beams of the su su summer sun you know that's very strong coming down it's okay. and um strong energies and you have both of these energies within your body and then how you are conducting your actions and your breath throughout the day can imbalance you very easily. If you're working in a job and you have children and you have a lot of things going on where you're doing, 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 then you right. can very easily become yang heavy, yang dominant, you become yin deficient. And this causes certain things in the body to happen. And mm -hmm. the can happen if you sit around too much, you have a bit too much time on your hands, you're not motivated to get up and do things, you can become yin dominant and yang efficient. And all of uh, you know the symbol of yin yang is all about balance. And so we're right. trying to create balance within our bodies and then our lives and then our communities and it kind of trickles out from there. Okay. Um so you I'm assuming this just kind of spoke to you. Um, how long did it take you to go from like novice, just kind of figuring it out to becoming an instructor? And what pushed you to say, okay, I want to, to teach this to others? I think um, being a little bit older, you know, my body is not what it used to be. And I could put myself in all these yoga positions very easily in my 20s. And I can still do that, but I feel like I'm coming to the point where I need my body to move in a little bit different way. And Qigong okay. is really good for people with mobility issues, for older people, um, for people even um, that are wheelchair bound, 
Um, you can do the movements come mostly from the torso and the arms. The legs are engaged in the way that you stand, but there's not a lot of movement through the legs. So that's really the difference between Qigong and Tai Chi can um, be because Tai Chi, you have some leg movements. It's all done standing up. You can do it with tennis shoes on or barefoot, just depending on, you know, what you connect with. Um, so there's no, you know, need for a yoga mat um, or getting on the ground necessarily. So I feel like I was just directed to work with that same energy concept and get the same sort of benefits that you get from yoga, but to market people that yoga really doesn't work for their body type or their situation in life, they could still get the same benefits. So I feel like that was like the main goal for me to get involved with Qigong. And um, being that I have both a dance background and a yoga background, I was able to just jump right into teacher training and do very well in it. Um, okay. But if you're a complete novice at any kind of movement, um, I would definitely take for a while before you jump into a teacher training. So I can remember being in college studying religion um, and one of my instructors decided our class was going to be outside. He like completely surprised us and it, he was a Tai Chi instructor. And so we're out there and he's showing us and we're like, uh, it's slow motion. We got this. And at the end of that hour, we were dying. <laughs> like the the extra energy it takes to control your movements and move slowly um, is surprising, surprisingly strenuous. Um, mm -hmm. Is Qigong kind of the same where it's like you realize you did have a serious core workout when you're done? Yes, absolutely. I've had people take my class and that are also involved in yoga. And again, I think they were under the impression that it looked easier. And then they would come up to me after class or even the next day and say, oh, man, I got home and I was so sore. Um, so definitely you're using muscles that, you know, you're not using in, in other types of exercise. And I was even curious and said, where exactly are you sore? Because I'm used to doing it by now. And so I'm not experienced it. I was curious to know. So even though your legs are stationary, your knees are bent and soft the whole time. And so okay. if you're doing it for an hour, you're getting a lot of thigh work. So your thighs will become, um, they'll become strengthened for sure. And then some of the chi scattering exercises that we do involved um, the arms being lifted for a period of time. And that's what I was surprised that they were saying they were very sore through the arms even. Okay. Um, you were saying that um, it could be done from a seated position. So one of the things I normally ask about, you know, any kind of practice is, so let's start with the benefits. What are the benefits to Qigong? So to talk about benefits, I kind of have to backtrack just a little and explain that we have energetic pathways through the body. And in traditional Chinese medicine, they're known as meridians. And the meridians are all associated with um, vital organs. And so as you're doing Qigong and you're doing the movements, you're directly working with those vital organs. So there are certain exercises that would be considered lung opening. 
um, in traditional Chinese medicine, they don't have air, like pagans will know the four directions and they'll know air, earth. So they don't have air, they have metal. And um, metal works with the lungs. So as you're doing something that would work with metal, then you're directly working with the lungs. Um, So it's strengthening vital organs from within. Um, Again, from like a physical standpoint, you know, you are um, increasing flexibility because even though you're not pretzeling yourself in the same way as yoga, there are some movements where you'll hinge forward and um, we do some twisting exercises. Um, Even though they're standing, they're still twisting. So you're still working that core, um, working along the rib cage. Um, your legs are engaged and surprisingly I had people when we do certain movements where the arms are lifted for a period of time say that they get sore through the chest and through the arms so you're still working a lot of muscles okay and then from a mental standpoint any type of meditative or what we consider these like yoga and qigong a moving meditation Um, When you enter that meditative state, then you're going to calm the central nervous system down and you're going to help things like depression and anxiety and um, lift the mood. Um, In Qigong, there's what's considered purging um, movements and tonifying, or you'll hear tonifying um, movements. So you're purging um, things out of the body and then you're tonifying things that you want. Okay. So the movement um, flow that I personally learned a smaller flow through the teacher training, and then I developed a larger one in the way that I wanted because I had to be the teacher, so I get to do that. But I start with a centering exercise because I teach in the evenings, so I want you to let go of the day and like come into your body fully. And um. Then we'll do some warm-up exercises, just kind of rolling through the joints, especially good if people are sitting in front of a computer for work all day that haven't gotten much movement in. We want to kind of loosen up and, and get the joints, you know, flexible. And then we do chi scattering exercises. And these are exercises specifically designed to break up stagnant energy within the body. Okay. And just put them out. So here are your purging exercises. Um, it's belief for the Chinese that um, if you get stuck in a pattern, it could be a thought pattern, it could be an emotional pattern, it could be a physical pattern. If you're sitting in front of a computer all day, it creates stagnant stagnation in the body, stagnant energy. And you right. have to break stagnant energy up and disperse it out so that you can now circulate fresh chi and fresh energy into the body. Um so I really love the tea scattering exercises. I think they're very, very important part of the flow. And then we do the cultivation. And so now so we're starting to bring cultivation. Okay. So that's um, bringing that fresh tea flowing through all the parts of the body, especially if you've been able to really break up any stagnation and disperse it. Then you can get that cycling through. It really revitalizes the body, revitalizes the mind, lifts the, the mood and um then we do a refinement exercise so this is one exercise that's designed to do repetitively over and over 
So now you're really sinking into like just a moving meditation because you don't have to think about the movement. It's a repetitive movement. So now okay. you can just think into really feeling the energy as it circulates through the body and um, um, just settling the mind down, settling the nervous and central nervous system down, things like that. So this sounds like a great type of exercise or moving meditation that would be good. Like if you just had Reiki done um, yeah. in between sessions, like to keep everything flowing and balanced. Yeah. Do you like, I didn't know that was something I could um, like suggest to my clients to do after a treatment. Do you, I know you do Reiki as well. Do you suggest that um, to your clients? Yes, it, it's almost like if you had a back pain and you wanted to go get a massage, but we know that the muscles are attached to the bones. And so it would be better to get massage and loosen those muscles up before you went to the chiropractor, you know, because the chiropractor's job's a little bit harder if those muscles are tense. So they do go hand in hand in that same way. You're absolutely right. I do that a lot of times, actually. I don't think people know that. I go to my massage therapist first and then my chiropractor. <laughs> um, and then my acupuncturist. I might have to add this in. Um, so, so acupuncture, um, I'm glad you brought that up. I actually have a friend in acupuncture school. And they learn the same things, but they learn the meridians a lot more intensely. So those um, acupressure points that they're needling in acupuncture are the same um same meridians and points that we're working on energetically when we do qigong it's just no. that they can associate like direct sicknesses and like hit a specific place with the needle and we're like working with the body a little bit more generally to get okay on the energetic level yeah are there any risks is there anyone who like absolutely should not do this in any shape form or fashion um they do suggest that if people have severe um, mental health issues, um, not do it because it can kind of um, cause your energy to, you know, do this. I don't know okay. if a good word for it, but it, it can um, like scatter your energy a little bit too much and it's not flowing. It's, it's uh, becoming chaotic um, maybe, but yeah, a little chaotic. And also, um, pregnant people have to be careful with purging exercises. Okay. All right. All right, everyone, we need to take a quick break. You're listening to What Up Witches on BFAM 109.6. We will be right back. Welcome back to What Up Witches on BFAM 109.6. I'm Amanda, and we are talking to Wynn tonight about the um, practice of Qigong. So you were just saying um, pregnant women should be careful if there's, I guess, severe mental illness, it can kind of cause some chaotic energy to okay. erupt and that could be not good. Anyone, right. anything else like um, if people have had like uh, surgery on their spine or anything like that or anything fused, is there any cautious, can they still do it just with care? Right. So just like with yoga, Qigong is the same. Um, if there's injury, a previous injury that um, a person knows, you know, is within their physicality, 
or, you know, just a surgery, they do recommend, um, I think probably with either one, a period of time after surgery that you wouldn't do any type of exercise at all. Um, but once they okay for exercise, then you kind of have to know your injury. You need to speak to your instructor before class so that they're aware of it. And there's always modifications that can be done. Okay. So you work within your limit. Awesome. Um, and of course, I guess age isn't a factor. How, how young have you seen someone do this? Well, my 10-year-old went with me to a class when I was first getting interested in it and went and took a class. Um, so, you know, young people can do it just like they could do yoga or any other type of exercise. And um, as far as age, getting older, as long as your body can move, you can do some type of movement. You might have to modify. You might have to do it sitting down. Um, you might not be able to bend over and, you know, touch your nose to your knees anymore, but you can certainly do <laughs> modifications and still be able to to move and do the be able to circulate the energy okay um so you mentioned how close it kind of goes with yoga um and how people thought it was similar have have they done the variations to qigong that they've kind of done with yoga like now you can get um hot yoga and all these different types of yoga and spins on yoga. And have they done that with Qigong or is it staying pretty unadulterated? It is pure form at the moment because it's not that well known. And okay. I am currently teaching in Canton, Georgia. Is it okay if I say where I teach? Yes. Okay. So I teach on Tuesday nights at six at um, the Holistic Lifestyle Center, which is just formally changed its name. It's um, formerly Harvest Moon Natural Market. And um, I have a very small class right now because people just don't know about it. And they find out about the um, place where I teach generally through yoga. And then they'll see that there's a Qigong class and they're like, hmm, I'm going to give that a shot and just see about it. And everyone that's taken from me has really loved it and returned to the class. So it's just not really out there yet. It's like yoga was about 10 or 15 years ago. It's just not very well known. Um, so it is staying in its purest form at the moment. Yeah, because I'm further down in Atlanta. And honestly, I haven't heard of it anywhere, like at any of the studios. You get yoga. Some of the martial arts will do Tai Chi. But this is one that I was like, you mentioned it a couple of times. I was like, okay, I really got to find out what that is. Um of course, you're in Canton, so like that would be a good hour drive for me on a good day. Do you do anything virtually that people can check out? Yes. So, or a video um, series they can buy or something. So, if you go to the website soulmedicineinc.com, they have packages there, and you can also take it through Namastream, I think, is the format. But you can take it virtually still at six at two. I mean, at, um, on Tuesdays at six o'clock, you'll still get me I'm in, in the place teaching and people that show up in person will be there. But I have it through my phone, just like I have you on my phone now. And um, so you can see me and follow along and, and take the class that way. Oh, nice. OK, so kind of where wherever you are, um, you can tune in. So. 
is, and this might be a matter of opinion, I don't, I don't know. Um, it sounds like a combination of exercise and a healing art and kind of a spiritual process as well. How am I on the right track there? And how do you feel about that kind of combination? And how do you explain that to others? So um, I definitely consider it part of my spiritual practice. Because again, my spiritual practices all have to do with energy and this has to do with energy. So to me, it naturally ties together. Um, exercise is important to me. I don't want to be a little old granny that can't move. <laughs> I want to be uh, the granny that's, you know, hiking up mountains and very active and vital. Um, so it all ties very nicely together with me. For the spiritual aspect, um, I try to be sensitive of different you know, religions and different spiritualities in the way that I word things. Um, but one of the movements that we do is called pulling down the heavens. And it talks about drawing up the earth energy and combining it with heaven energy and then kind of raining it down through the body. Um, and here's where you would visualize um, it coming down and connecting with like every vital organ and every cell in the body and, and bringing that healing energy from both the yin, which is the earth energy, and the yang, which is the heaven energy, down through the body to really, you know, revitalize the organs and work with you on a cellular level just to heal the inside of your body. So to me, it, it definitely is part of spirituality. Again, in Chinese tradition, they get up and they do these um, movements from the time they wake up because okay. it is part of looking at stagnant energy from being in one position while you're sleeping, um, cycling in fresh energy and getting you ready for your day. And as you're going through your day, you're already strengthened. So your energy is strengthened and your vital organs are strengthened and your physical body is strengthened so that you can better um, deal with the things that come at you during the day. And sometimes may even take breaks throughout the day just to do breath exercises, do centering exercises, um, to just keep that kind of magic alive throughout your movement of your day as you interact with others and have to go to jobs and work and traffic and all the things that Atlanteans have to do. <laughs> right. And I was going to ask that um, whether this was something better done, like first thing in the morning or late in the afternoon or both. I know. For me, yoga makes me sleepy. Like I can't do yoga in the morning. I'll I'll just want to go back to bed. It's just completely relaxing. So it's never been like my choice of morning exercise, like some people do. It, is this something just kind of they kind of do it morning and night type thing, or you can do it for sure. You could do it on both ends of your day. Um, some people do like to do it in the morning and they would do probably more um, yang exercises to wake up and revitalize. And if you're okay. doing it in the evening, you'd want to do a slower yin, um, heavy exercise because you've been doing all day and now you want to balance that out with some calmness and try to get you in the state of mind for sleep. Um, just because I teach in the evening, I feel like it's my job to kind of calm people down after a busy day. 
So I like to do centering and balancing exercises um, before I start the main part of the Qigong series. And I always end with a, a small little meditation. I don't make it too long since we are standing, but I like to bring in things like um, gratitude and um, self-love and things like that just um, to kind of center that into the body and also, you know, begin to bring it to, you know, the closest family and the communities, kind of um, put those thoughts out there um, so that when, by the time they get home, they're kind of settled and they're feeling peaceful and they can be ready to settle down for bed. So a morning routine would be slightly different than an evening routine. Right. You definitely want to do a little bit more um, aggressive breath work instead of soothing breath work and movements to kind of just get the body charged for the day. Now, is this one of those things? Because I know in China, we saw a lot of people just like groups of people like out on the grass and, and little areas just doing exercise. Like that's a common practice in China. Um, is this something that being outside connects you a little bit more? Or if you're inside, are you doing anything to like change your atmosphere? Are you dimming lights or brightening lights or playing music or sounds or any of that? Exactly. So um, I did teach a just for a short period of time because my son was taking a class at the time. Um, out at a park and um, it's definitely something that you can get together gather and do at park I know Qigong or not Qigong sorry Tai Chi instructors that also do classes out in parks so that you're outdoors when you do it um, if you're doing it inside again you would model it for um, the type of class that you're doing so if you're doing a morning class you might want to have the lights brighter you might want to have um, different music on I teach in the evenings and so I, I'm really trying to calm people down at this point um, and so I like to have softer music going and I do dim the lights and just try to set the mood for um, a little bit slower pace and kind of winding down for your day. Um, we tend to be more yang um, dominant during the day because we're doing, doing, doing. And so now we want to bring that yin energy in and kind of calm everything down, bring balance in the energy field and in the body um, to get ready for nighttime. So you said, okay, so you teach in person in Canton. So if someone was to seek you out and come there, what is the youngest age that they can bring with them? As long I know as different they places have different do, rules. Right. As long as they can um, do the movements. Um, so I would say maybe five or six years old um, would be interested in actually doing the movements. Um, I would prefer a little bit older because I do a whole hour long class and very young children don't have as long of attention spans. But okay. you know, parents have to know their child, and if their child's capable of doing the movements for that long, they're certainly welcome to come. Okay, awesome. Because I know people want to know. Well, because you know, sitting can be a an issue for people, and it's one of those things where people are like, well, I'd exercise, but I can't do that because what I do with the kids. So, right. um, I think that's one of the reasons why the online option is great too, because 
they can um, be doing it online, but if their kid runs up to them and, you know, they have to do something with their kid really quickly, it's not disrupting the in-person class. So I think um, a lot of people like that option. Okay. Um, now you mentioned your son went with you. Has he, has he done it and does he enjoy it or is this part of his routine? So my son started out very, very young doing um, just kids yoga, fun kids yoga. Okay. And um, then he did go with me when I started doing Qigong. He has hit the double digits. So his whole attitude is completely different at the moment. <laughs> he wants to do his own thing, but, you know, I'm hoping, hopes that I'm good enough at an early age that maybe he'll want to come back to that a little bit later in life. When it becomes cool again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So with exercise, I know everyone has these different things. So of course, they need to stay hydrated. Is this something that you should, as far as like eating, like maybe eat light or high, like what is your recommendations as far as eating or nutrition or hydration and all that with your class? So of course, you know, any I forgot what word I'm trying to say, like tradition. I don't want to say tradition, but that's the only word I can think of right now. Um, affiliated with something like yoga or Qigong are going to encourage you to eat very well, um, okay. just in general. But before class, you definitely want to um, not have had a lot of food in your stomach because you are moving energy. And if you have a very full stomach and you move a, a lot of energy in the digestive tract and some of the movements do work with that area. Um, you do run the risk of, in the Native American culture, we call it getting well, not getting sick because you're going to be purging things out of your body. So we're trying to purge energy and not food, but you know, you <laughs> very heavy and then try to go into some of these exercise movements, you will definitely be moving energy and it can cause you to definitely purge. Okay, because I know some people are like, well, I'm not doing aerobics or I'm not going swimming so I can eat, but not the case. I think um, that's part of the beauty of having the class at six o'clock because most people can wait, you know, adults can wait until seven to eat and that's not too, too late. Or if you can eat, you know, earlier around 430 or five and give your food a good hour to digest, it would be a good idea too. Okay. Um. So you said in China, of course, they're doing this as a daily routine. Um, let's just say for someone who can't do this daily, like a lot of people, you have some people who are diehard and they make it to the gym every day. But for someone who's just getting started or someone who's just trying to, um, I don't want to say do the bare minimum, but I'll use that as an example. What what is your prescription of exercise or Qigong for them? I would, of course, definitely encourage people to go and do it every day. But with busy schedules, I definitely think um, at least once a week would be good. Once a week. Okay. 
We need to take a quick break. So we will be right back. You're listening to What Up Witches on BFAM 109.6. technical difficulties. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so, <laughs> we will continue if that's okay with David. All right. <laughs> All right, everyone. We're back to What Up Witches on BFAM 109.6. Really quickly, let me um thank our sponsors. Um, thank you to Opal Sanctum and Emporium, um, where you can find all your magical tools and decorations, accessories, and everything to make your space a little bit more magical. want to say thank you to Big Chiefs Botanica, um, where you can find all of your herbs and incense and candles and all of the things you need to make those magical workings happen. Um, and thank you to Brandy's Hair Braiding Lounge. Oh my God, y'all check out the things that she is up to now. Um, she is teaching some entrepreneur classes for people who want to get started doing what she's doing. Um, so please, please, please check her out. Um, when will you really quickly let people know what all you teach, where they can find you? Um, and if you'll type that to me in the chat in our chat later, I will make sure it goes on the site so people can find you easier. But if you'll just let everyone know, like, what's where, why, when. <laughs> Okay. I have um, on Facebook, I have my own business called Spirit of the Wind. And that encompasses making Native American hand goods. So I make um, spirit rattles, sacred rattles, and ribbon skirts and shirts for ceremony. Um, I also do Reiki, meditation, and currently Qigong, I have done yoga in the past. Um, and as I said, I'm currently teaching Qigong at um, the Holistic Lifestyle Center in Canton, Georgia. Um, it, if you Google it, it's probably still going to be under Harvest Moon Natural Market on Bells Ferry Road. Um, and then I am also highly involved in doing dream work right now. Um, I am doing one-on-one -on -one sessions. And I am going to be working with the recovery center doing dream work groups very soon. Nice. Um, we're going to have to talk about that one a little bit. Um, what all that in fact, because I know dream work for is not the same across the board. So we'll have to talk about that one really quick. What, um, as far as financial, what would someone expect to pay for a class? Is it along the same lines as like an aerobics class or something like that? Or I think the prices are pretty universal. And okay. the way ours are set up, it's um, class packages. So you would purchase a five-card 
pass or a 10 car pass or a 15 car pass or an unlimited pass. If you did unlimited, then you would just pay the one fee and then you could go to as many classes that our um, center offers for yoga or Qigong or meditation, um, as many as you wanted to in a month. So okay. All that on the soulmedicineinc.org website, it'll have those packages. And I don't recall what the pricing is because I'm on the teacher end of it right now. Right. But, it'll have those. but I think it's pretty comparable to any yoga studio that you would go to. And, okay. Um, so just like going to any other yoga studio or exercise, because you know, people are always like, well, how much is it? Is this going to cost me an arm and a leg? It's like, no, but whatever it is, it's cheaper than probably your doctor visit and your prescriptions <laughs> for the true. alternative. Exactly. Exactly. Um, now you were saying, um, of course, diet is important. Um, and because these are purging exercises, do you um, suggest someone do like a more natural diet or a more raw diet or anything like that? Or should they do a fast while they're doing this? Should they um, do a cleanse while they're doing this? Are any of those things beneficial or dangerous to combine? I think doing cleanses or um, fasting are fine while doing the movement exercises. Um, as far as diet goes, it depends on which tradition. So, you know, yoga stems from um, like the Hindu traditions and so you'll find more vegetarianism with that um with the chinese you know there is some meat but then there's also the rice and things like that so i think to me i've been down a very winding path with diet personally and i've tried this and that and the other and i've really come to the conclusion that i feel like um, it's per person it's how your body makeup is and what makes you feel good and how your body functions most efficiently. So don't ever think there's a catch-all diet that works for one person. Some person might feel better on a raw diet and some person may not have any energy on a raw diet. Um, there's something else that's offered at our, our lifestyle center. Um, Alicia O'Brien does cell blood cell analysis. And I actually had mine done recently. And so she'll prick your finger and put your blood under the microscope and she can look at it and and they've got a board like back behind too, so she can point out exactly what it is, but you can see what your blood actually looks like and what your body needs. And then you can have a follow-up after you've um, made some adjustments and see, see the results yourself in your blood. I mean, you can't get more concrete than that. So um, I definitely recommend something like that to be specific to your body. You know, some people may need more B vitamins if they're vegetarian. And, you know, there's all kinds of different factors in here. Um, okay. So just before doing any type of movement exercise, it's recommended not to eat very much because um, even just physically, sometimes if you're doing it, any kind of exercise, jogging or something outside, you know, in the hot sun can affect it. But definitely with the type of movements that Qigong and yoga um, bring into the body you're moving a lot of energy and just as an example our instructor um, very early in the morning said you here had a really 
big breakfast and some people in the class raised their hand and she said, okay, I want you to do this exercise. And she had us just rubbing in a specific way on our stomach and the people that had had a large meal immediately was like, okay, I have to stop. I feel sick. So she's like, this is, and, and we weren't doing an exercise. We were literally just doing a specific across the abdomen. And so that was just moving energetically in that area in the digestive tract. And so that was just to show people that the energy you're working with is real and how, you know, food can um, affect it. And so I was going to quick mention, um, I know as a pagan, we work with the four cardinal directions and they have associations with them. And I mentioned that we have five elements in traditional Chinese medicine. So that was like a whole new thing for me to learn to convert from pagan brain to <laughs> Qigong brain. Um, but metal is air in traditional Chinese medicine. And so that works a lot with the lungs. So that's something I personally did a lot during the past year um, because, you know, COVID and all of that. I wanted to keep my lungs very open and purged and tonified strengthened personally so I did a lot of those exercises um water is the kidneys in the body um so we will knock at the kidneys the kidneys are important because they're the waters of life in traditional Chinese medicine so we'll massage and knock on the kidneys um to keep those tonified um wood is another one that will throw a pagan off um wood is corresponded with the liver and so if you have alcohol you want to do exercises to purge you know toxins out of the body to strengthen the liver um fire is associated with the heart the pericardium and the triple burner are all in the same area and work together mm -hmm. and earth is the stomach it's the digestive tract okay so I didn't even think about being able to use that as um, a way of dealing with like what's going on. Um, like I think about that with acupuncture. Um, you know, something's bothering you, you go to your acupuncturist so that he can move the energy. But um, not knowing about Qigong, like that's a, a way to at least kind of keep it going in between sessions again. And um, when you can't get there right away. Um, because like I, I am practitioner dedicated. So I don't randomly go to a new massage therapist or a new chiropractor or a new, you know, acupuncturist. I, if I'm out of town for two weeks, then I will wait until I get back and can make my appointment. So um, that's good information to have. Uh, so as they are doing these exercises or uh, learning these exercises, do, um, do you as an instructor and do other instructors make sure to let them know, okay, this exercise is for this thing just so that it kind of burns into their brain eventually? Or It depends on the instructor and the setting. Um, okay. 
So if I was teaching at a gym, let's say, I would assume that people were there more for exercise than they would be for spirituality. And I would probably talk about what muscles are being used and things like this. Um, if I'm doing it in a more spiritual setting, then I might talk about more of the energy that's being you know, being used if we're working with yin energy, if we're working with yang energy. Um, and just things from a more spiritual standpoint. Um, and then I do try to, especially when I do the five elements for my cultivation, talk about this is the movement that works with this part of the body. And then when I do um, pulling down the heavens, which is like a really good transition um, movement between different segments of the flow, um, I will mention the first time I'm just kind of showing them how to do it. And then the second time we'll add in breath work. And then the third time I'll take that visualization and the breath work and have them visualize the energy coming down and really literally healing and revitalizing like every cell and, and organ within the body. And when you really put that focus, that mental focus on it, um, it's very helpful to feel that energy as it's flowing down through the body, hit the brain and the heart and the liver and things that, and really too, when you take a class, you're just doing a flow that the teacher has picked for you. But that's the interesting thing to start asking questions because if you do have a specific um, ailment, you know, like you, know, you do have liver problems or you do have lung problems, or you have asthma or, or something in the body, those instructors are more than happy to answer questions after class. And you can get specific things that you could do at home on your own to work specifically with that ailment. So just okay. taking the knowledge that I learned and I knew that, you know, COVID was going on. I thought, well, I'm going to do lung exercises, you know, a little bit more frequently during this whole thing that's been happening for a year. Um, but, you know, if you know that you party a lot on the weekends and you drink a lot of alcohol, you might want to work with the liver, you know, during the week and make sure that it gets cleansed out and it's not being damaged overly and things like that. So. so this is one of those things where Qigong itself is great, but you also probably need to find the right instructor and the right environment for you and what you need. Definitely. I think gyms tend to be a little more um, focused on the body and the muscles. And from what I understand, I don't teach in a gym, but I know some yoga teachers that teach in a gym. They are very discouraging of doing like any verbiage that talks about spirituality because they want to keep it a very neutral space. So I prefer to teach in environments where I can bring spirituality into it. And um, I'm still kind of um, careful about things like I'm not, you know, referring to witches or Christians or, you know, anybody like that, but, but using just more general spiritual terms to bring that spirituality into it. Okay. All right. This, it sounds really interesting. I really want to give that a try. So I may start checking out your class um, since I can do it virtually. <laughs> Ooh, that ride. Um, let's say someone wants to find somewhere in person um, to take it. They cannot come to Canton. Is there 
Should they just search Qigong? What are they looking for? Um, and what red what would be a red flag and say, oh no, don't go there? Um, I don't actually think there's too many places in Georgia where you can take it. Um, okay. I do know that the school that I took my teacher training from is called Rising Lotus. So if you find their website, Rising Lotus website, they do have a directory. Okay. Um, they have a directory of people that took the, the teacher training from them, and they have people that come in from out of state even to take this from them. Um, okay. And then they should have a list of current places for current people that are actually actively teaching. But again, okay. this is like a more spiritual and art form, movement form to Georgia. Um, it's more prominent in other places, but Georgia always seems to be you know, one of the last to be progressive about anything. So um, yoga caught on in the last you know, 15 years. And so there's yoga all over the place now, but Qigong is still not a very well-known movement form. Now, is there a, so they definitely want to find someone who's certified to teach it. Is it as detailed as Reiki can be sometimes where it's like, okay, well, what is your lineage of, of training in order to teach is Jikong kind of the same way? And is there like some, I don't want to say governing board or something like that, um, but some institute or organization that kind of oversees it and the training so that it's all kind of the same standard? Just curious. Right. So the yoga became so big. They had the yoga alliance kind of oversee everything. And to my knowledge, Qigong is just not that big yet. And there's not a governing board that I'm aware of. Um, I do know that my um, teacher at Rising Lotus, she's been doing this for a very long time. She's actually a Taoist priestess and um, she was very knowledgeable and um, she usually doesn't go as in depth with her level one students, but we were all of the the mentality and breed that we were very interested in the spirituality and the energetics behind everything so she went into a lot of detail because we just soaked it up because we really wanted to know you know that end of it especially since I prefer to teach in more spiritual um, centers where I can bring spirituality into it um, and she definitely had a lineage where she learned it from masters that were very prominent um, I would just careful I know there's there's places that um, offer it online or even I think I saw one place that would send you some DVDs and then they said you know after you did the DVDs um, you would take I guess a, a class over the internet with an instructor and if they felt like you knew what you were doing they would give you a certificate I would kind of be a little more hesitant to do a teaching training through something like that because you're not getting the personalized attention and kind of corrections as you're learning, you know, we got hands-on corrections and oh, you're not quite doing this movement, right? You want to do it like this and why. Um, right. You're not going to get that if you're doing some kind of teacher training from watching a DVD. <laughs> yeah. I felt the same way about um, when I started seeing Reiki being taught online. Um like at the master level and I'm like, Oh, that's scary. Like, I don't, I don't want someone playing in my energy field that learned online. <laughs> so yeah, definitely um, something better taken in person. How long is the process? 
So mine ended up being a little different. Um, normally it's a, a three month program and you are taking it all day Saturday and all day Sunday. Um, I think every weekend for the three months or something like that, because um, the COVID just unfolded the way that it did. Um, I actually contacted them because the program was listed online as starting in June. It was supposed to be June, July, and August. And I happened to contact them in March because it was right as the shutdown was happening because I was interested in taking it. And I was like, well, how are you going to handle this? Because I'm, I do want to take it, but this is happening now. And they said that they decided to do it every weekend online. And then, um, go in for the final weekend for testing. And so I ended up taking it from March all the way through August to the end of August. And um, instead of it being all day, it was an hour um, every Saturday. So it was a long okay. period of time, but you still got the same hours. I think it was a two hour, 200 hour certification. Oh goodness, 200 hours. Okay, y'all. Um. So thank you so, so much for coming on and telling us um, about this. I know I'm definitely interested because um, I absolutely love Tai Chi and I love yoga. Um, but like I said, yoga makes me really, really sleepy and Tai Chi is great. But this sounds a little, little bit more fitting for what I currently do. Um, Really quick, if someone wanted to find you um, and speak to you specifically, where should they look? So I have a Facebook page called Spirit of the Wind. And you can use Messenger to contact me through Spirit of the Wind. All right, everyone. Um, so thank you, everybody. Um, we will see you Tuesdays. Remember, everybody, you have to log in on Tuesdays now at 8 o'clock. Um, right here on BFAM 109.6. Thank you for enduring our change of day to get a better time slot. I love you all for, for dealing with that. <laughs> um, again, thanks to all of our sponsors. Thanks to David. Thank you so, so, so much, Wynn. Please make sure you type all that information in the chat so I can put it where everyone can find it um, in the group page. And everyone, Wynn, is, Wynn logs in quite often. So she's kind of easy to find within our group. So if you're not part of the group, because I know some people listening are just listening or they're listening through another link, Please join the group so that you can find these people that I talk to because most of them are around. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. You've been listening to What Up Witches on BFAM 109.6. Thanks for having me.